Welcome back to this week's episode of Relentless Pursuit. We are so thankful for you joining us. And this week is a special episode because we have my leader, Bobby Palma. Just want to say hi to him, everyone. Hello, everyone. We're, we are so grateful for him being here. And we know that God is going to do amazing things through him in this podcast. So stay tuned. So discipleship comes in different forms. It has, it has many ideologies behind it. There's many ways people do it. There's many you know, platforms of it. But, but discipleship, what has discipleship meant to you in your life? Man, I think it started, started very young because <clears throat> for people that don't know, I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Mm-hmm. I wasn't raised in a Christian family. However, I was raised with good morals. I was raised with um, honesty, integrity. You know, my dad taught me how to you know, be, a, be a man of your word, stand up for what's right. So, no, it wasn't Christian values. However, it was, it was just good values for a good person. Yeah. So I believe that it's important for people to know and understand you have secular discipleship and you have spiritual discipleship. Mm. So you don't have to be, you don't have to be a, a, a Christian to disciple. Yeah. And what I what I don't want people to get confused on is like Bobby, this is about discipleship. This is about building the kingdom. Yes, I understand that, but there's also good discipleship and bad discipleship. The same way that there's good fruit and bad fruit. Yeah. So, doesn't matter whether you're whether you're a Christian or not. You're discipling someone. You're discipling followers, people that look up to you, people yeah. that people that uh, depend on you, people that you lead. You're discipling. So, my father, even though was not, uh, I, I don't want to say he's not a believer, but did not have a relationship with with Christ. My father was my first disciple. I looked up to my father. I love my father. I mean, he's still with us. I love you, Dad. He won't watch this, but I still love him. <laughs> I look up to him. So he was technically the person who first discipled me. Yeah. Again, taught me the good morals. Taught me, you know, the, the just how to be a good person, how to be a good man, how to be a great father. Mm-hmm. That's what he taught me. So I believe you're discipling somebody regardless of your faith. However. Let's take that to spiritual discipleship. Man, I didn't know what it meant truly to become a Christian man, to become a Christian father, to become a Christian husband until I was pastored by Pastor George. Mm -hmm. That's when true discipleship hit my life and it affected me. And it took it took my faith. It took my my anointing to another level, the anointing in which somebody had somebody had made mention before. But never called it out of me, yeah. and that's what true discipleship will do. Man, true disciples, like a, a disciple maker, will see something in their disciples that they can't see in themselves, mm-hmm. and instead of just seeing it, they call them up. They call that out of them. They call that anointing out of them, and in ways like Pastor George has done for me in, in my life and my ministry, in ways they give you a platform to exercise that anointing, mm-hmm. and that's what discipleship has meant in my life. Is man, not only am I calling you out, but I'm calling you up. And I'm giving you a platform to to uh, to share what it is that God has put on your life. Amen. And so, being the fact that you were you were brought up outside of church, there's not a lot of people that that can have the same testimony as you, where they stayed faithful and now are elevated to this platform through discipleship. So, what would you say in in a testament to those? or to that that way you were raised up that how important it is to get under the right man of god or woman of god for yeah because even though even though i was taught good morals and, and taught how to be a good person i was still living in a sinful world mm-hmm. i was i still had the i still had the the worldly influence you know what i mean yeah um still 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 drinking still you know had a steel curtain over my heart 
due to circumstances, upbringing, occupation, whatever it may be, I did not have a heart for people. Mm. I really didn't have a heart for people. So still a good person, still a good man, still had good morals. I, I was honest. My integrity was never in, que- never in question. I, I just, I, I, w- I could easily write people off. Yeah. And it wasn't until God got a hold of me, and, and even after God got a hold of me, even after I, I was saved, God still had to correct that in my life. He still had to let me know, like, listen, man, this is the people business. Yeah. And if you don't have a heart for people, then maybe I have you in the wrong business. Yeah. So I believe it's truly important to, yeah, even though you're, even though you're raised well, even though you have good morals and, and you have a good upbringing, and you're still living in a sinful world, mm-hmm. you still need Jesus. Yeah. So that that's what I would say would be the difference. And so in the same way that that you you know as soon as you went under Pastor George, you were discipled. I when I first went to Houston, that's when I was discipled, yeah. and I had a really understanding of what discipleship was. And, and being that Pastor Jason Lozano has such a big influence over Pastor George and Pastor Jeff from Houston, then I was like, okay, Pastor George, he's the right man to go. Sure. And, I, and then I went under Pastor George. And, but when I first went to Houston, I was, I, was, I was telling the podcast that I thought what I knew was going to help what they had in the sense of I'm this big man of God. When I went there, I was going to preach so much that, and I was going to teach so much. I was going to do so much for their church. <clears throat> that I was going to help them, not understanding when I went there, they were going to help me sure. and build me in so many different ways. And really, I didn't preach until like four or five months in without even seeing a microphone, a platform or anything. Yeah. And so with that being said, how important is it to get under people that know more than you? Man. <laughs> So this is the question that I was telling you about. How important is it to get to, to get with people that are under you? And that's when when Jesus said, "Come with me, and I will make you fishers of men." Mm-hmm. I take that in a literal sense, even though he was giving a figurative, he was he was making a figurative statement. Yeah, it was a powerful statement. But when when he says that, and I look back on it, man, I think of my brother in law who knows how to fish he's an outdoorsman knows how to fish knows how to hunt knows how to like, he knows that that's his realm okay yeah. and when he invites me to go fishing with him he doesn't just hand me the rod hand me the bait and say hey throw it out in the lake and see what happens mm-hmm. that's not what he does see our day of fishing starts before we even hook the trailer up to the truck wow okay our day of fishing starts see we and, and, and i'm going off of this why is it important to get under people that know more than you, mm-hmm. okay? The act of fishing sounds great. Anybody can do it, right? Yeah. Catching fish, not everybody has that story. Not everybody comes home and says, hey, it was a great day on the lake. Not everybody comes home and says, yeah, man, we caught a bunch of fish. There's yeah. a lot of people that go fishing that come home empty-handed. <laughs> but let me tell you, again, the reason why it's important to get under people that know more than you is because they teach you the art and the way and the example of fishing. Yeah. They don't just tell you to go fish. They're not out there for just a good time. Yeah, they may enjoy what they're doing, but what makes it more enjoyable than being successful? Yeah. So our day of fishing starts when we hook the trailer up to the truck, and he's telling me, "Hey, if we don't hook this up properly, it doesn't tow properly. Mm. If we don't make the right connections, the electrical connections, I can't signal to people the the, the direction of which I'm going. Yeah. So everything starts with hooking up the truck. And then as we get on the road, it's direction. Hey, where are we heading? Oh, we're going to go out to this lake, which means I got to get on 
this freeway and we got to go this many miles. But while we're driving, it's hey, see, you got to give yourself distance from the from the vehicles in front of mm-hmm. you to break because you're because you're hauling something. So there's just so many things that go into fishing. And then when we get to the lake, man, you got you got to send the boat out, right? Mm-hmm. So you got to get on the dock, you got to back the boat up, you got to launch the boat. That's just to start. That's before you've thrown a pole in the water. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. Oh, I, so I'm, hey, Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> go ahead, man. <laughs> so we get on the boat, and again, my brother-in-law doesn't look at me and say, "There's the pole. There's the bait. Have fun." Yeah. What he does is he pulls out the tackle box. Okay. And in this tackle box, there's different types of bait. Different types of bait that obviously is attractive to different types of fish. Mm-hmm. So you got to know who you're fishing for. You got to know what you're fishing for. These type of fish that we're fishing for requires this bait. Even though he has a tackle box full of stink bait, live bait, colorful bait, flashy bait, yeah. bait that just blends in but still effective. Mm-hmm. There's different types of bait in this tackle box. You got to know what you're fishing for. And different lakes have different fish. Different areas have different fish. Yeah. Amen? Mm-hmm. Amen. So what he says is, we're here searching for this type of fish. This is the best bait to use. I'm just giving you an yeah, example. Boy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that and that's what he'll tell me. This is what usually catches the fish, but it's up to you, man. You can use whatever's in this box. But this is what normally catches this fish out here. This is what has brought me most success. Wow. Okay. So at that point, and I and this is where this is where God hit me. And I'm 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 truly grateful for this podcast. I really am. Because it hit me when a couple weeks ago Medea was talking about being established and being rooted in your church and in your word. Hmm. And this is where it connects to fishing. Even though I have the bait and I have the pole, he had a different set of he had a different tackle box with different types of hooks. Okay? Mm-hmm. Different hooks catch different fish. The hook is too big, fish ain't gonna bite. Hook is too small, you're not going to be able to catch them. Hmm. They'll break away from you. Yeah. Okay? Not just the hook, but how to tie the hook. Okay? The hook has to be established. The hook has to be anchored. Hmm. The hook has to be rooted, or you're not going to hang on to any fish that you catch. How does that correlate? If your disciples are not rooted and established in a church, well, you're not going to catch any fish. Wow. You're not going to be able to save and establish any souls because even your leaders aren't rooted. Even your leaders aren't anchored. Wow. So you talk about mile wide and inch deep. That's fine. Keep bringing in the numbers, but people are going to leave the same way they came in. They're not going to be rooted. They're not going to be established. They're not going to be anchored. All because you had the right bait, you had the right pole, you were in the right location, and you had the right fish, but you weren't anchored. You weren't rooted. Period. Wow. So you talk about saving souls. You talk about discipling people, and this is why it's important to get with people that know more than you do. That have experienced more than you do. Because if I went out there, yep, I can grab the right pole. Yep, I can grab the right bait. Yep, I can have the right location. He's taught me all that, right? But if I go out there on my own understanding, I'm not catching anybody. Yeah. Because I may have some bites, but I don't have I don't have a rooted or anchored hook to bring them in. Yeah. Where does that come from? Discipleship. Discipleship roots. It establishes, it anchors people, it builds their spiritual maturity. It wow. builds a spiritual faith. Yeah. And in turn makes them better disciples if they're willing. Wow. Amen. That was a lot to unpack. Amen. First, I've 
only been fishing once. I just yeah. want to let you know. Yeah. I caught three fish on my first time. Never went back, though. There you go. Because I got scared of the hook getting <laughs> caught in me. But <laughs> but no, it, it, that, that that's so true. I mean, man, the, the, there's so many leaders now that aren't rooted and attempt to discipleship. Sure. Or to, to do this method or, or of discipleship. And, and they fall short, really. I mean, they're, they end up causing more damage than in their disciples, quote-unquote, than already is there. And they mishandle or, or manipulate yeah. their role over these people. Yeah. And, man, that's crazy is, is that we need that right toolbox. We need the yeah. right, the, you know, the fishing, the fishing hooks. Mm-hmm. Man, I honestly did not know any of that about fishing either. Yeah. So that's... that's Knowledge there, so I may that's not I even, may try that's to pick not it up even, again. That's not even a, an eighth an ounce of okay. the knowledge that they have. You know what I mean? This yeah, stuff yeah. That I, it's stuff that I pick up, and it's like, man, Jesus had to speak in parables. Yeah. Why did Jesus have to speak in parables? Because the, the earthly people didn't have a kingdom mindset yet, mm-hmm. so he had to give them examples of, okay, this is what I'm talking about. If you take this and take this, what do you get? Oh, you get this. That's what the kingdom is. Wow. That's what I'm talking about the kingdom, because at that point in time, they didn't know he was teaching them. Yeah. meaning of the kingdom so he had to use earthly examples he had to use parables for them to to understand what it is that he was getting at yeah and that's kind of the same thing as, as fishing i mean we can we can talk about somebody other baseball i can give you an analogy in baseball of how discipleship and baseball and everything else but i mean you know we don't have time so yeah this is why i i, I come and get you know bring people in that know more than me mm. i don't know nothing about fishing i don't know nothing yeah. about baseball yeah and then and then not only that like i'm a, i'm a teacher like i got teacher at heart i i love teaching about sure. the bible that doesn't get everybody for some reason people like the the fluff sure. like the encouragement the yeah. the the faith building yeah. i'm like tell me what the book of revelation means like right. give me the details yeah. i want to know the mysteries yeah I believe we all need to be looking for what it means, not just what it says. Yeah. We got to know what Amen. it means, not just what it says. Amen. But and teaching, I mean, that goes with coaching as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Coaching is, is it, it, I can't lead people places I haven't been. And, and there you go. Learning, learning more about the word, learning more about how, how God likes to operate. And, and to go to your question or go to your statement of you have a lot of leaders out there that are leading people in a negative direction or leading people with a, a personal agenda. Mm-hmm. I find that people that do that are, are man, they're, they're not fully operating in their anointing. They're taking their natural talent mm-hmm. and they're taking the gifts that God has given them and they're relying on the gifts and talent more than their anointing. Wow. But I can tell you straight up, your, your, your natural talent is not enough to sustain your supernatural anointing. Yeah. It, it can't. So I don't care how well you speak. I don't care how captivating you are. I don't care how much attention or attraction that you get speaking based off of your spiritual or based off of your off of your your gifts. Man, if you are not operating in your supernatural anointing, that's only going to take you so far, and the people are going to see right through it. Yeah. Not gonna, you're, you're only going to get to a certain point to where people will recognize the anointing, but you're not catching any more fish because you're not operating in the anointing. Yeah, Peter, man, Jesus had to catch more fish than he's ever caught. Peter's a professional fisherman. Mm-hmm. This is gift. This is talent. Wasn't operating in the anointing. Didn't he? Wasn't working with Jesus. Wow, wow, yeah. And and in that same vein, I mean, the, the next question I want to bring to your your thought is is I I think that every person has a different personality. There are different hooks or different bait. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to understand that that each person is in a different level of maturity or a different walk in in Christ. And so, how do you? 
figure out or or you know get to the point of where you understand like okay this is the best route i'm going to take for discipling these people or this person Mm -hmm. but this person on the other hand he needs a more baby holding hand down the street type of mentality or walk how do you kind of different differentiate the difference between two and then how do you use that discernment to say like okay i need to take this path instead of this well, path. in order to know and understand the people that you're discipling you have to be intentional about relationship yeah you have to be intentional about building a relationship with those people building a relationship with those people that you're trying to or attempting to or, or you are discipling that that kind of gives you examples and ideas of how to disciple them yeah so let, let it be clear you don't change the message mm-hmm. you change the approach jesus never changed the message he changed the approach. Yeah. He knew that he had to catch the woman at the well and speak to her differently than he talked to other people. He knew he had, even after, even after miracles were performed, there were certain people that he allowed to follow him, and there were certain people that he said, no, you need to go and tell your family. So same message, yeah. same power, same, same spirit, different approach. With the people, building a relationship with, let's say, I, I'm, so in, 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 our, in our life groups, I have anywhere from... from Four to six people, four to six men that show up. That's four to six different ways that people receive. Yeah. If I'm not building a relationship with those people, I won't know how to approach or how to disciple them. Some people need a spiritual, uh, a spiritual slap in the back of the head. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Some people need that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Other people need the. I don't want to say coddled, but they need a, a less aggressive approach. Yeah. And they get it. Some people just. I mean, it's no different than uh, you'll you'll understand. Yeah. You know what I mean? As you get older and, and, and you add to your family, you'll understand that even your children receive differently. Yeah. The same mold, same people, diff, diff, different approach, yeah. different mentality. So, again, your morals and standards don't change of the home. It's your approach changes. The way everybody falls in alignment with, with the kingdom. Everybody, everybody falls in alignment with God. Mm-hmm. You just have to approach them differently so they receive differently. But I believe that that starts with a relationship. You got to know your people. You got to build a relationship. With your yeah, hey man, the the relationship is so important and such a key in in this whole realm of discipleship. And so I'm going to ask this last question. You can take as long as you want. Just don't take over three hours. So what are some of the, no the ways? Yeah, right. What are some of the ways that you can disciple people without being a leader, meaning like a pastor or or one of the top dogs of a church? What are the ways you can disciple somebody in a more, let's just say, just a congregational role? Mm. How, how would you be a disciple maker or, or even allow yourself to be discipled? Yeah, I mean, first of all, allowing yourself. Let's touch on that one first. Allowing yourself to be discipled. Humility. Mm-hmm. Humility is one. And, and, and with humility, obviously, pride, pride has to go away. There's nothing wrong with being proud of your accomplishments or proud of what you've done. But it's when you take the credit for it, that's when it becomes pride. Yeah. Be proud of your accomplishments. Be proud of what you've, you've achieved. Be proud of your family. Be proud of your children. Be proud of, of, of whatever ministry that God has blessed you with. But give him the glory. Mm-hmm. That's where the true humility comes in. And I don't believe you can truly be discipled without being humble. Mm. Without being humble. Because if you're not humble, when, when, you're, when your leader comes to you to correct and you're not humble, you're not going to receive the correction. Yeah. As a leader, when you go to correct, you, you need to see the heart of the people that you're going to correct. Yeah. Okay, this person has a little bit of pride, which determines my approach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? So you have to be you, you have to be on your toes as a leader. 
But to answer the first part of the question is how do you, how are you an influence in a sense when you're not a leader, when you're not a pastor? And it's not always about a position or a title. Who are you? Who are you regardless of position or title? Who are you regardless of whether, okay, this person is campus pastor, this person is our connections pastor, this person is our youth leader, this person is our, 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 our kids director, okay? But this person right here, man, he, he's, he works hard. Every time I ask him to do something, he does it. Mm-hmm. And it's not a matter of taking advantage. It's a matter of I see their heart. I see their heart. So you have a heart to serve. You have a heart for, for people. You have a heart for, for God. You have a heart... To, to, to help this campus, you, you're you a giver, you're a prayer warrior, you're a worshiper. People are going to follow that. Wow. People are going to follow that. So it's not always about what you say. What example are you giving? What are, what are you showing? Yeah. And that is going to capture the attention of leaders. And when discussion comes up amongst the leaders of, hey, who's next? Who are we going to, who are we going to build up? Who are we going to mold and shape to be the next leader? It's already there. The exam, you've given the example. Listen, they have the heart. Anytime I ask them to be there, man, they, they show up. They just have a heart to serve. They, they're, they're always there. They, you know, they always have a positive attitude. They're, they're, they're giving. They're, they're generous. They're worshiping. They're up there, and they're praying for people. Man, give me an example. Show me an example of, of who you are and what you are. Don't tell me. Yeah. So that's, that's one way you can be a disciple. It's just, man, just by walking out what God has called us to do just by walking with Jesus. Amen. Amen. Oh, what an amazing and powerful podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. We can't wait to see you next week. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, and follow to all our social media platforms. We'll see you soon.